Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Oh, this sucks. This is why we do it this way. We we take what you're good at and allow you to do it for us. Yeah. So, Pat, once you decide something you're really good at that you'd like to do for us, you just say the word. Oh, hell, I can design your escape rooms. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Girl escape room. Except nobody would ever want to leave if it was us. Oh, they wouldn't want to escape because we'd be in there. Today is opening day for our new one, but it's so damn snowy and they're selling slowly. So, but it's kind of a fun one. You have to break your cousin Clara out of the insane asylum. Nice. (laughs) Cousin Clara's fun, man. I would love breaking her out. Come on, girl. Let's go get a root beer float. I don't know. That bitch might need to stay in there. She's a creepy looking mannequin. And when, when people find her, they're like, ah! <laughs> Stay here, Clara. Yeah. The woman who designs these with me works for NowCap. So she, and uh... they do a lot of personal care training and stuff. She's a personal care mannequin. She is anatomically correct down to every detail. So we put like bike shorts and a, and a sports bra on her. So that they, and she's got uh, rubber tubes that come out of her arms so they can practice how to do IVs. She's got these little ports that pop out of the backs of her hands for IVs and, and all kinds of... Oh, that's creepy <laughs> yeah. as fuck, Pat. Uh, my, all of all of my uh, horror novels that I've ever read are starting to just go... <laughs> but it's, it's but the test groups we've run are pretty darn funny because they have to disguise her. So they have they find a uh, a jumpsuit, a, an industrial jumpsuit in the janitor's closet. So they have to dress the mannequin in this jumpsuit, and people are and she's heavy. And the one one group was like it was actually a pretty effective way, but they just held her up by the neck, so they're like choking her. <laughs> and, cousin Clara, this is what you deserve. Yeah. Hey, and one of the other group, cousin Clara the loves that. She does. I was going to say maybe she's into that. That's how she got in there. <laughs> or, the, or the teenage girl from our one of our first groups who she just stood behind her and held her, but she had her hands like that on the mannequin. She's like, I'm sexually assaulting this mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Clara, how bad do you want out of here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I used you to have take to... take a little feel up to get out, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I used right. to have to dress my sister, and sometimes you just grab what you can when you have to lift them up to pull those pants up because you're doing it like one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I probably felt my sister up. I, I Dude. A couple of times. There's, a, like there's that. a taboo against that kind of thing. Really, seriously. We do not need that picture in our heads. <laughs> Before we forget to mention Patreon, let's do that. All right. So we're going to go right from incest to Patreon. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Do they? I think they know us better than that by now, don't they? They should. That's how we roll. Patreon is the secret club up inside the secret club because if you're in the facebook tribe that's a secret group but the patreon group is the secret secret handshake group that you get to be a part of when you pay us 
And inside that group is all the crap I cut out of the podcast every week, which some weeks is extreme. Other weeks we don't do any, but some we do. And we all have our third special episode is now up and available for you to listen to on Patreon if you are a $10 member. So thanks to all of our current Patreon members. And as for you, get your ass over there and sign up. Jeez, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what do we have to do? Feel up our sister? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! We I feel are like we should end now, and that's gonna do it for. That was no. yeah, that was a pretty good ending, Bonnie. <laughs> that could be a new um, catchphrase. What do you want us oh, to do? Fill up our sister. I definitely want it on a mug. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> do you want me to get you a, a snapshot of my sister's package? Her upstairs her package. package. <laughs> my sister has little tinier boobs than me, so that wouldn't be any fun. Oh my T-shirt gosh. is just gonna have hands right over where yes, the breasts go, and right underneath on the back, it's gonna be like, "What do I have to do? Feel up my sister." I could get a picture of my sister in her corset and put. Oh, there we go. Because <laughs> she wears a corset a lot for. And Pat's uh, sitting over here thinking. I was on Jeopardy, and now I'm in this bullshit. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell happened? Actually, that that whole thing about hands on your boobs, though, and and dressing, what my mind went back to is everybody remember that outfit that Barbara Streisand had from, I think it was from The Owl and the Pussycat, with the hands embroidered right over. Ah, yes. I don't remember that, but now I feel the need to see it. Somebody Google that shit. So I'm a mockingbird. That is my yeah. that is my superpower. And sadly, a mockingbird can only do so much. Its instrument is limited, as is this between my ears. Limited. Yeah, but they can bring down Panem, goddammit. What? <laughs> oh, that's a mocking J, technically. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. Sorry, wrong bird. Wrong bird. (laughs) Would be like the magpies in uh, the UK that they're trying to study. And the magpies work together as a team to remove each other's tracking devices. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? That's cool. Yeah. They're like, fuck you, Alexa. Like, I know Vonnie and I know Martha listen to a lot of audiobooks. Are there any books that you can't listen to? audio wise that you're like I have to read it yes what kinds I'm just curious I have a very very hard time (laughs) with fantasy (laughs) shut up Vonnie (laughs) picture books are I am so glad you said that because that is they don't translate well into the clacks and if you read Discworld you would understand that reference so take that I'm sorry, uh, are you still talking? Uh, shut up. <laughs> so anyway, I have a really hard time with fantasy because anytime they have weird names of places and weird, like, you know how fantasy novels, they have to give the characters these bizarre names for their bizarre world or whatever. And there's no frame of reference through the first, you know, whatever part of the book because they're referencing all their cool shit and you have no way of grabbing onto anything I just roll my eyes back in my head because it sounds ridiculous when it's said out loud I'm just like okay I'm out I gotta read it okay. physically 
I am yeah. glad that you said that because I am the same way. But those are, but fantasy books are like the ones that I want to, I'm always buying them on Audible because they're usually huge. So I think, ooh, look at me getting the best bang for my buck. And then I try reading and then I try listening to them and I'm thinking, okay, and this place has this weird name and then there's this faction and this other group and, and now I don't know what the hell is going on. And then it's just wasted. You know, I worry about that because we're, we're in the final stages of doing the audiobook for Ron's fantasy book that comes oh, out in right. months. And I just I record it and I go, oh God, people who listen to this are not gonna have the map, the character list, or the glossary. They are gonna be fucking lost. I think he, he will be fine because think about the Black Tongue Thief. The Black Tongue Thief was wonderful. It was very easy to get into, even though he had all this weird names and shit in the beginning of it, it didn't take me that long to get into it. And I think Ron's will be similar because so maybe it's not, maybe it's not the weird names. Maybe it's just how well something is written or not written. No, that makes it more accessible. Well, yeah, it's not the it, weird it's names. Of, it's how much newness. Well I think if it takes itself too seriously is where I get into an issue, mm -hmm. you know, where they're like, Oh, King, such and such, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it sounds like it's just too seriously, I don't know. I don't know what it is that puts me off. I wish I could put my finger on it. I think it's the, the how much new stuff, like what Keith said for me. Because like Wicked, when I read that book first and I had to read it, like actual book-wise read it twice. And I think if I hadn't read, read the book to have some kind of knowledge of the world, before I tried to listen to um, other ones like Son of a Witch, because that one I did on Audible. That's fair. Audible. That's fair Audio. because when I first read Wicked, I read a physical copy. Yeah. A lot of the old stuff that I read, which is why I came to the conclusion in the first place that I would have to read the physical copy because there are a lot of books I loved as fantasy novels that I just can't listen to. We do have our live event coming up on April 1st. And no, it is not an April Fool's joke. We really will be partying on April 1st. It's a Friday. And our buddy read this time, or book club, whatever you want to call it, is a book called The Kindest Lie by Nancy Johnson. They do have it in stock right now at Full Circle Bookstore. So if you're in Oklahoma City, go grab a copy from them because that helps independent bookstores thrive. And if not, then grab a copy of it if you plan to come to the live event so that you can be there for the great discussion, which we will have that night. We still need to get the robot. I can't afford the robot, Pat. <laughs> they actually sell one. Did you know that? The, the ones like they use for kids who are homebound and they yeah. send their little robot into the classroom with their little picture on yes, them? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. We need one of those so that Pat can, we can set her up on the you table. You don't need a robot. You just need a laptop sitting at a spot and Pat will get right up in there like, oh, like that. We'll be able to count, count her nose hairs. Count nose hairs. Oh, uh -huh. look at the size of that pore. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> be like... And of course, Keith is making the trip from Pennsylvania again this time, although she is driving. So if you, Woot. so if you're from somewhere along her route, raise your hand and then maybe you have to listen to my 
ebooks though, but I won't be listening to smut because that's one thing I can't listen to. I can't listen to people talk about sex. That's weird. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only what? one that feels that way. Sure you can. Like, My favorite thing is to listen to those I mean, books. I can't. Yeah. I do not like listening I to don't someone, like listening to especially when I turn it up to like 1.8 and she's like, well, he put her sitting at the, I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Don't like it. I need my smut in the printed form. There's nothing like being in the middle of a sex scene in your book and somebody at work comes up and asks you a question. You're like, damn it. Now I'm going to have to rewind it. And that's the other thing. Where did he put his penis now? I am always concerned that something will happen and you know, my earbuds will go to, I don't know, the car or something and my uh-huh. son as my son's leaving for college or something. So just no. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I kind of worry about that every once in a while when I'm listening to something that's very sweary or smutty at work. I, have I heard always some horror stories. <laughs> make sure my headphones are going before yeah, I Yeah, no, it'd make a great scene in a book though, wouldn't it? Of a girl like, sitting at her desk that? typing along, you know, she looks like she's working and all of a sudden, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I actually read a book like that with an author who was, who was doing research and she was watching porn. And then this person like walked into her house, like with her husband and she had, and she was like, hi, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> and the guy kind of just. I tailed it out of the house. And then the preacher walks in. <laughs> Pretty much. That would be my life. Get thee behind me. Whoa, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was completely Everything's Bluetooth now, so you have to worry about that stuff going to the wrong place. Somebody I know, right? In on that. Somebody accidentally gets your your Bluetooth in their phone instead of oh, I'd be in so much trouble. Uh, <laughs> Woo. All like right. I'm single, damn it. Live with it. <laughs> Where's that? What would you call it? The wank the wank oh, room? Oh <laughs> yeah, the wank room. Yeah, that I sent a an article to the group chat about this business that had a a masturbation room installed in their office so that once they're four of them four of them oh see yeah it was four i I it's like a weird pod thing right yeah i was like looking at that it was like four rooms for 200 people do they have to make like a reservation do they have to (laughs) well you don't want you don't want somebody knocking on the door when you're in the middle of that i'm like yeah i'll be right out there's a list outside the pod and you like I just picture a bunch modules. I just picture a bunch of guys standing outside minutes. in line with their magazines and their cup of coffee waiting their turn to go in the masturbation room. Yeah. And how often would you hear something like Fred Fred where are you? Coming. Uh- <laughs> coming, coming. I mean, really. <laughs> uh, and it would be okay to listen to that porn at work. Yep. You're like, no, I'm just saving up. But my my appointment at the wank room is in 20 minutes. My wank bank is Rooms almost are really full. pretty too. I would just want to hang there. The, you I know, know it right? To me, like a spaceship. Now you're gonna have yeah. to right. Now you're gonna what have to put they this came on your blog. Virtual reality headsets. So so that you can it's... actually look like you're fucking too. 
or so you can like yeah, look, look whatever at whatever you yeah you you can see what you're imagining your hand looks like <laughs> but you know what though i wouldn't want to be the, like the second person in the room exactly like, you would always want to be first yeah. yeah like i'm going to work early today no really i'm just dedicated and i want to get to the masturbation pod before everybody else <laughs> Before I have to dodge, they the provide <laughs> lube and tissues, so no one should be making a mess. I can just see somebody at the HR office. Yeah, we're having a problem with Phil. You know, not only does he bogart the room, but he doesn't clean up after himself. He always leaves the empty lube bottle in there. How inconsiderate! I think we need to do something about it. I'm just saying people can't even cover their food when they microwave it. You think people are going to clean up after themselves in the masturbation pod? (laughs) You got to cover it before you spank it. (laughs) Wrap it before you tap it. You know what the company calls their half hour? What? When they take it, they call it fappy hour. Seriously? (laughs) Yes. I just went to their website and they're talking about it. The name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm off of it because I, I went know. too far. Oh. <laughs> Why did they have a, an internal video in there that you can watch? Ooh, that's scary. What if they do have See, that's what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like they're not going to film that. Come on. Now, what's the name of this company again? Strip Chat. Strip Chat? Mm hmm. I'm wondering what the percentage of male to female employees is at this place. It's male oriented. There's no way. Yeah, but you'd have to let the women. You'd have to let the women. There are more women there. That's what I mean. And that's why you need them because the women listening to these guys. I bet the guys that call in are not very original. So you have to get like your your inspiration somewhere else. What? Juice is flowing. I said that too, and I was trying really hard not to go there. Well, that's why sure. you listen to smut books. That way it gives you more of a dialect when you're on these strip, what is it, See? strip chat? Strip chat. Yeah, all I would need is a book, but apparently they need, you know, VR and everything else. So some people mm-hmm. have no imagination. I know, right? If they read more, they'd have imagination. That's right. Speaking of reading more, I know your book doesn't have any strip chat in it, Lonnie, but you're going to have to do something. Disappointment. Um, There's no sex in this book because it's about the high society in Europe in 1958. Well, there are some cigarettes and booze, Hmm. I bet. Well, yeah, cigarettes and booze, but no sex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there may be sex. I don't, I mean, they don't talk about it. You don't know what those girls are up to. The book I'm reviewing today is called The Last Dance of the Debutante by Julia Kelly. And this book was sent to us by Gretchen Koss from Tandem Literary. Thanks for sending us this book. It was, I actually enjoyed this book more than I thought I would because I'm not really into like the high society world and royalty and all of that stuff. I know Megan is. Megan would like this book, I think. Um, And this is set, like I said, in 1958. And it's about a girl named Lily who's had kind of a real 
sheltered life. Her dad died when before she was born or when she was still a baby. So she's never known her dad. And her mom has kind of never gotten out of mourning for her dad. So they don't really socialize a lot or anything else, which is okay by Lily because she would much rather read a book anyways. And she's currently in college. She has one year to go when her mom tells her that she's decided to um, have her be a part of the debutantes that are going to be presented to Queen Elizabeth that year, which is a whole process and full-time job, basically. She has to drop out of college before she graduates for this all of this debutante stuff that she has to do this year. And in doing so, she kind of discovers a lot of stuff about herself and secrets amongst the family that she didn't know. And um, the real reason why her mom has been out of society for many, many years. And it's super interesting. And there's a lot of very, there's a lot of well-developed characters who all play a role in her path of discovery, I guess I'm going to say. Um, one of the main people- it sounds like code the, for something. Her path of discovery. <laughs> path of discovery. Um, one of the very first people that she kind of befriends during the debutante process is a girl named Leanna Hartford. And Leanna Hartford's from a very, very well-known family in high society, very rich, very powerful family. And Leanna is, I guess, spoiled. I, I mean, she's she's rich. She's she's a rich chick and she acts like it. And sometimes she's very dismissive of other people. And then other times she's very nice. Her character goes back and forth a lot. It's like she's trying to play a role, but when she lets her guard down, she's a nice person. Gotcha. And then another person that she befriends and becomes very close to is a girl named Catherine Norman. And I really like this character. She's very much herself. She doesn't really care what other people think of her too much. The whole reason why she's doing the whole debutante year is because her family is new to money. So they don't have their foot in with the high society. So she's doing it so that her family can become part of this whole society. And um, she really could care less about finding a man to marry. She doesn't even really want to get married. She's really more focused on, as soon as this is done, getting a career, which is not something that is common in 1958 for women. And I just... She's a really well-written character. I like her too, but yeah, this was, this was a very interesting read for me and I'm glad I actually gave it a chance because it was good. Just intrigue and the little bits of information you get to like the, the ending hurrah, when you really find out what happens, it's just, it, it's really great. I loved it. What? It was sent to us by Tandem Literary. Well, she didn't, okay, 
full disclosure, she didn't actually send the book. I found it at the library and I listened to it through my library app. But she because, would have sent it. But she would have sent it and she, you know, asked and the author actually wanted to be on, but because of scheduling problems, she, she just, she couldn't find a time that she could be on. So, and I've looked at some of the other stuff that she's read and, or she's written and they look really interesting. They look like very me kind of books. So I might try some of her other books too, because her writing style was, was great. I loved it. I really want to recommend this book to Megan because Megan, I think would like this. She loves that society life in the royalties, the royals and all of that. And the most interesting thing about this is that this group of debutantes were the last ones to be presented to the Royal court. Oh, wow. So I would recommend this. I might actually go in and recommend it to my, um, historical fiction group as an alternative to world war II. Cause a lot of the stuff that goes on those posts are world war II books. Which you need a palate cleanse from sometimes, right? Sometimes. And truthfully with all that's going on in the world right now, currently, it's all just too real. Mm. I mean, not that World War II wasn't real because it was, and that's the reason why I read them so that I can recognize what's going on in the world right now, but it's all just too overwhelming, I guess is a good word for it. Mm. And that again was called The Last Dance of the Debutante by Julia Kelly. And it, it's good. I The writing in it is excellent. I loved all the characters. I very much would recommend this to a friend. Keith, would you like to follow that up with? What would you do if I love was like with some dinosaur no. porn? <laughs> no dinosaur well, porn. It's a big bummer. I, I I did read a happy romantic comedy. So I mean, there weren't dinosaurs, but it was still really really good. So the book I read this week was called The Sweet Spot by Trish Dollar. And it's spelled S-U-I-T-E, like a hotel suite. Um, and that's because this book is about uh, our main character is Rachel, and she has a degree in hospitality and management, and she works in Miami at one of the big swanky high-rise hotels, and uh, she she works the concierge desk. And... As happens, there is this really rich, really powerful guy that comes in very often. And one night he asks her for um, a glass of very expensive brandy and a certain cigar to be brought to his room. And as she brings it, he tries to make a pass at her and is pretty uh, forward and just really inappropriate with her. And of course, she just kind of passes it off because I guess that's the kind of stuff you put up with at a hotel like that. But she calls him a couple of choice words and he calls and gets her fired because, you know, Fuck jerks her. are jerks. Mm. But she has a three-year-old uh, so daughter at home too. And as it is, she's barely making ends meet. She's living with her mom so that her mother can uh, take care of childcare. So her being fired from her job is a really big deal for her. Um, she, her child's dad is this, I don't know, 
there's not really a word to call him other than like a dick because he basically she of course really likes him but he kind of strings her along he doesn't really ever keep his promises to their kid sometimes he'll come when he's supposed to sometimes he won't so she's always having to deal with that aftermath and stuff so and he doesn't have any parental rights he's the kind of fun-loving dad that's like oh yeah um if i have time sure i'll come get her and i mean maybe i'll bring a girl home and ignore her the whole time she's there but you know he's just has no responsibilities and is just kind of a dick when a friend of hers gives her a heads up about a job and it's this amazing sounding job where um (laughs) and i'd never heard of this but it's the opening of a brew hotel so it's it's like a um a set of cabins that are attached to a brewery and they brew their own their very own beers um and so like when you go in everything is set around the brewery and they have just big ideas when you check in you get a flight of beer so you can decide which hey i could do that at my house (laughs) yeah see you can get all sorts of ideas but it's this really amazing thing and she's always had this dream of building her own hotel so this is a and this is a startup hotel kind of issue so but the only problem is it's way up in ohio um it's on kelly's island which first off i've wanted to live on kelly's island forever it's in like lake erie it's um by sandusky ohio it's just really a cool place so um this hotel is on kelly's island so she has to decide if she's going to take this huge leap and leave Miami and everything she's known because she's grown up there and leave the father of her child who, I mean, isn't really being much of a father to go up here. And she decides to go. But when she gets up there, of course, there's this very handsome but very grumpy man named Mason. He owns the place and he kind of lied a little bit about the state of the, of the cabins and everything. Basically, he wants to do this this soft opening July 4th, and no, so none of the cabins are habitable. Um, the brewery, he's like brewing beer, but it's not ready for people to actually come in. It's got all these great bones, but he's not doing anything with it. And she's kind of like, what the heck, dude? Why did you hire me then? He is like, well, if you have any ideas, just go to town. And this is like her dream come true because she's, she says, um, okay, yes, I have many ideas. And she just kind of takes over from there. Um, and that is pretty much the plot of our story. We have Grumpy Man and we have Sunshine Girl. That's, that's a very common romantic trope. Grumpy Sunshine people. But Kelly's Island is the kind of place where you get around on golf carts that you have to take a ferry to get to the island with your car. And and it's the kind of place where it does tons and tons of business in the warm months, but then it's ghost town in the winter months. So there's only just the people who, the people who live on the island are their own little small group of people. It's, It's just the kind of thing I've always wanted where there's just a small little May well, Mayberry kind of feel for the little town. And then in the summer, people come and then they leave and you're back to your Mayberry town. 
but it's it's just it's a really sweet book of course it's it gets kind of spicy toward the end um and you get to see you know what goes on when you leave dick back in miami and all of a sudden he decides he wants to be a dad so there's all sorts of interesting conflicts but along the way you learn so much about the brewing process which was really fascinating i mean martha probably knows way more than i do but I knew nothing, so now I feel like I know a little bit about it. But this guy is so passionate about beer. I don't even drink beer, and I kind of wanted one by the time I was done with the book. Well, that's good writing right there. Right? So it, it was a really good book. I gave it five stars. It comes out on Tuesday, and that, again, was The Sweet Spot by Trish Dollar. Awesome. And Ms. Griner? I read a book called Shakespeare for Squirrels by Christopher Moore. Whoop, whoop. And this was my this was my first Christopher Moore. He's written quite a bit, but I picked it up at the Book Girls Weekend in Denver. We were, which I could swear, Martha, I could absolutely swear. I remember picking it up, and you said, "Oh, I didn't like that, but you might." I didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't like it as much as I knew you would. Ah, but I probably <laughs> said that because I'm a dumbass. I, I, because I didn't remember liking it as much as I liked Christopher Moore's other books that I liked. Ah. So that's probably where my head was going when I said that, because I absolutely adored A Dirty Job by yeah. Christopher and this, Moore and the follow up. The second one, the um, follow up. Mm -hmm. I don't remember, but I absolutely I loved those. And I really loved um, The Lamb. Lamb. The stupidest excellent. angel. Oh, I like Christopher yeah. Moore. We all, yeah. Bonnie and I are huge fans. So, yes. It wasn't my favorite ah. Christopher Moore novel. Mm. But uh, what it is, it's a, it's a parody of Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. So, it, and you don't really, you, you would not need to know Midsummer Night's Dream to enjoy the book, but bits of it are even funnier if you do. Uh, and and this, the gist of the story is that a, a and out of, well, he's a fool. He's a professional court jester type fool. Uh, only he's been hanging out on a pirate ship for the last couple of years because he had an affair with the female pirate who ran the ship. And, and she decided to go back home because she got tired of pirating. And basically he and his, his apprentice and their pet monkey, Jeff, get thrown off the ship and they wash up in Athens and run into the band of mechanicals, the workmen who were rehearsing the play to put on for the Duke's wedding in the Shakespeare play. Then he turns it into a murder mystery because Puck, who, who is the, like the fairy, the, the super fixer fairy who does everybody's bidding, all of the kings and queens of the fairies, he's like their go-to guy to fix whatever they need. He gets murdered, which does not happen in the Shakespeare play. So now it's become a murder mystery. And this fool, whose name is Pocket, has to, he ends up working for for the Theseus, who's the Duke of Athens, who is about to get married, and for Titania and Oberon, who are the king and queen of the fairies and who are on the outs with each other. He's working for all of them kind of at different odds and, and uh, trying to figure out who killed Puck and what's going on and not get killed himself. And the, the squirrels come into it because there are, if you know, again, if you know the play, there's a lot of fairies in Midsummer Night's Dream. Well, what we find out is that Fairies are fairies at night, but during the day, they turn into squirrels. So <laughs> next time you see a squirrel, remember, it's really a fairy just hanging out 
waiting for nightfall and it will will turn into some magical creature. I have fairies in my attic. <laughs> Call the exterminator and tell him that. That's kills, kills fairies with a shotgun. <laughs> but amongst other things, well, the, the author and consequently the main character are really fond of the word fuck. For example, every time something French is, met, is mentioned, it's not French, it's fucking French. <laughs> I said this in perfect fucking French. And, you know, and, but the best, the best thing I got from this book is a term. It's a term that I am waiting to use, waiting for someone to give me an excuse to use, which is that someone is addressed as you blistering fuck weasel. And I went, fuck weasel? I like that. You need, to, like read, that too. You need to read more Christopher Moore. <laughs> He's really good at that. Yeah, <laughs> he is. So yeah, if, if you're if you enter if you're into comedy and and you like Shakespeare and you really like good ways to insult people like fuck weasel, this book may be for you. That is Shakespeare for Squirrels by Christopher Moore. Also, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but Pocket is actually a recurring character. He's, I noticed that he's yeah. in a couple of other books. Yeah, yeah. So he's the fool. I think Fool was the first one that he was mm-hmm. in, wasn't it, Bonnie? Wasn't that Pocket I, that was in Fool? He, I, I'm pretty sure that he was in Fool. It's been a few years since oh, I read that, but that one was that one. that one was really good. If you want to read that one, um, if anyone who's like into the vampire books or whatever, oh god, I love um, those. Bite me and you suck. Are. <laughs> <laughs> So they are hilarious. yes. Oh you, my God, they're so. Funny. You should almost read those before you read Dirty Job because there are some characters that reoccur from the vampire stories into a Dirty Job dirty later job. on. They all take place in San Francisco. Dirty Job and whatever the second one was called, I can't. Re- I, I can think of the cover. It's Me got too. The, it's pink. The baby stroller. And- yes, they were all good. We love Christopher Moore. <laughs> It's a good Christmas read. You, you blistering it. fuck weasel. Dude, I'm going to seriously start calling people that now. You know, seriously, it, it sounds even better when said loudly. I was testing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to start calling people at work under my breath. Blistering fuck weasel. Fuck weasel. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'll remember to do that. Fuck weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the input. Buckweasel. Or maybe buckweasels are what they call the people who hog the masturbation chambers. <laughs> right? <laughs> that buckweasel won't get out of the masturbation chamber. <laughs> you know, oh, his weasel has to be limp by now. It's maybe like... that's what he's doing with that VR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Save this, goddammit. Weasel porn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah is there such a thing as weasel porn because if there is i bet sure. Keith has, has read it i bet i could find a book <laughs> all right <clears throat> my turn before we go too far off the edge here since my what, you're not going to read about weasel porn i'm very disappointed in you sorry sorry <laughs> i think i got on to the tribe last week or maybe it was early this week i don't remember which I was begging for recommendations and I was very pleasantly surprised Shona L 
piped in and suggested that I read A Fraction of the Whole by Steve Toltz. It's T-O-L-T-Z. As you know, I really love comedy. I really love a good comic novel. And this is definitely, only this one falls into a, a, a category I am going to call epic comedy. It's, a, it's an epic novel. It takes place over the lifetime of this father and son. You learn about Jasper Dean and his father, Martin Dean, and Martin's brother, Terry Dean. Martin Dean is the dad, Jasper Dean is the son, and Terry Dean is the uncle. Well, the uncle is actually this famous murderer, and this all takes place in Australia. So Terry Dean is like this legend in the, in the minds of the Australian public. And everybody knows about Terry Dean. And Martin, of course, is the one that has to live with the legacy. So his brother was the good-looking one. He was the athletic one. He was the perfect one. And Martin was just kind of there. The, the dumbass gets picked on a lot, that sort of thing. And his older brother was this god. Well, his, his older brother ends up, he has this <clears throat> accident when he's younger where he gets injured, even though he's this amazing athlete by the time he's eight years old. He's an amazing athlete, and everybody knows that he's going to be famous, right? All of, the, all of the predictions are that Terry's going to be this famous athlete one day. Well, he gets stabbed by some bullies that are trying to fuck with his brother. And he ends up turning to a life of crime from the time he's fairly young. Well, he gets sent to the prison that his father helped to build, which is within sight of their house. Okay, so Terry goes to the big house. And because it's Australia, there's a massive wildfire, which then burns down the prison with Terry inside of it. And his legend grows even larger after that. So Martin can never quite outlive the legend of Terry Dean. But Martin's son doesn't know anything about Terry. So as part of the story, we learn the story of Terry through Martin's eyes to his son. Now, it sounds horribly boring, I know, but it's actually hilarious and, like I said, epic, because it's extremely long. And there were a couple of times during the, the listening of this novel where I was like, isn't it done yet? Because you keep, you know, it's like they keep going through all of the stuff that keeps happening. It keeps happening. It's weird shit. And just when you think you've kind of figured out what's going to happen next, something else happens. And so on and so on and so on. But honestly... I absolutely enjoyed this ride so much. It was such a funny novel from beginning to end, but in tiny little dribs and drabs all the way through it. Martin Dean is such, such an idiosyncratic character. He's a very eccentric man. To an extreme of, he borrows money from this friend of his. 
And we never really find, well, we find out later, but in the beginning of the novel, we don't really find out what his true connection with this friend is. It's just this friend that owns a strip club and he works for his friend there for a while and then, you know, things go awry and he runs his car into the strip club and ruins the strip club. But yet the friend later down the line lends him all this money to build this dream house of his. Well, his dream house is in the Alaskan bush and it has a labyrinth around the outside of it in order to enter. And he hires all these people to come in and build this labyrinth. And it, it's just the most weird, eccentric bullshit that this guy, I mean, it's just, you just kind of shaking your head the whole time. But it's fascinating, um, his relationship with his son and then his relationship to his larger-than-life dead brother. And as time goes on, you find out some things that are fairly shocking. And he goes through a cancer diagnosis. He goes through all of this weird stuff. They end up having to leave the country. I mean, you just... It would be one of those things that I wouldn't have been surprised to hear that that story was true because it was so fucking weird. <laughs> like the truth is stranger than fiction type thing. Because it really was bizarre. But it was so much fun to read. And even though it was a bit on the long side, I, I think I would read it again. In fact, it was also the kind of book that had so many cool phrases and so many just really deep sentiments in it that I want to have a copy of it on my shelf so that I can take those in. So yeah, I'm going to be purchasing it. I think it was written back in, a 2000, back in 2008, so it's not a new book at all. Yeah. But Shona L. knows me. I might have read it, but it was, I can't remember. <laughs> it was really, really, really good. I, I, Shona L. knows me well because she, she picked this book for me. And I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. And the audio was great as well, because, of course, it's done in an Australian accent. You guys know how much I love accents. So once again, that was called A Fraction of the Whole by Steve Toltz. And thank you to Shona L. for recommending it to me. Hooray! And Pat, I just looked and... Shakespeare of Squirrels is book three of the Fool series by Christopher Moore. The Fool is the first book. Mm -hmm. So out of out of all of the ones I've read about his, I think I want to check out Lamb next because that oh. sounds pretty funny. Lamb it was pretty freaking hilarious. Yes. Oh my god! You know, if if you oh had lived, god. if we had lived closer <laughs> together during this time period, Pat, then I would have shown you one of my prized possessions, which is a copy of Christopher Moore's Lamb. It's printed to look like a Bible. Oh, fun. And it is just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it's very, very fun. Christopher Moore also, I have to give a shout out to him for making me look up the meaning of the word codpiece, which I did not know when I oh, started I, historical I like romance. That he, that he has a squeaker in his codpiece. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Codpiece is figure wow. very largely in his in his fool work <laughs> i read many books where people have squeakers in there though yeah that's <laughs> different 
it's just so fun. You know, some of it is, well, all of it is ridiculous. And I think that <laughs> I, I need that to make my soul complete. I need the ridiculous nature of that sort of writing. Fuck stockings is another one of... Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fuck stockings. And you can actually purchase fuck stockings from Christopher Moore's site. It's actually probably a miracle I don't own any because, you know, I have a sock fetish. <laughs> so it's it's probably a miracle that I don't own any. Yeah, so do those people at the strip chat, probably. <laughs> have fuck stockings? Hmm? They don't need fuck stockings. They have a whole room. They don't have to hide it in a sock. You don't think they need a sock? No, I think they probably have a, a, a fleshlight that they use. Go <laughs> <laughs> in there. Uh. I wonder if they sell those on Amazon. Fleshlights? Socks are like, socks are fleshlights for the poor. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty you true. You can't afford it. I yeah. Just get a dude. Get a I feel like sock. we should put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tube socks are fleshlights for the poor. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you use some fabric softener. No, you don't want that to be scratchy. Nah, you just put some Vaseline in there. It's fine. Well, tube socks will suck it up. Well, yeah, absorb it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not made of Playtex, honey. Playtex is for the rich. Yeah, I guess. Please put it in the hamper where it belongs and don't let your poor mother find it in the mattress or under the bed or something. Because, yuck. Yeah. Or maybe just go ahead and put it in the washing machine by yourself. Because yeah, right. <laughs> There's something wow. she should not have to touch. There's a reason why Tyler started doing his laundry at 16. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, special tube sock tongs. I'm just saying, I know that one time I went in and cleaned Tyler's room because it was starting to stink up the hallway, found all kinds of condom packages behind his bed. Uh huh. And it's like, mm, maybe you should not come home for lunch anymore. <laughs> he wasn't eating at lunchtime, Bonnie. I hate to uh -uh. break it to you. Dylan There's a reason why he gained rockets in flight. School. I think Dylan Dylan was uh, taking advantage of that situation as well. I think they had their own little room in his room. Yeah. Afternoon uh, delight. Right. <laughs> they, were, they were getting nooners. Yep. <laughs> they were all about the nooners in high school. Yep. You know, you could get stuff done while your ramen was in the microwave. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> ramen noodles take like three minutes in the microwave, dude. That's plenty of time. Oh. Like, Go ahead and take off those panties and get all fours. I'll be right there. <laughs> wow, you guys really sound like you've been reading my books now. No, we have sons. We don't need to read about it. <laughs> Did you develop like a like a Pavlov reaction when the microwave dings, they come? <laughs> Maybe that's why Tyler uses the crock pot now. <laughs> oh, honey, that's oh, so I'm sexy. Kaylee's <laughs> like his his girlfriend's like, leave that microwave alone. I need some crock pot meals. <laughs> I need that dang. <laughs> need that four hour dang <laughs> four hours i was gonna say eight hours is my crock pot time well Th that's the fast well, cook setting if you cook it on high i mean eight hours is a long freaking time 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was be, thinking four hours, dude. There'd be a after whole a while, lot of you want a break after a while. You gotta have a time to have several naps in between. <laughs> <laughs> Recharging time. They have to include cuddling. <laughs> yeah, we're timing the cuddling this time. <laughs> yeah. That's so wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> Your sons are gonna be so happy with you. It's a- <laughs> the historical documents someday. <laughs> Somebody's going to listen to this podcast. Go, oh my God, I miss my mom so much. Let's play the podcast and listen. Those <laughs> bitches! Listen to I can't it. Maybe you don't miss her that much. <laughs> work with them or something. You're going to come to work and like, I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know what your mama found in your room when you were 16. <laughs> can rename him from cube tip to tube socks or something. <laughs> tube sock. And you know what's really sad is that every guy that heard somebody called that would know exactly what it meant. <laughs> Tube sock, yeah. yeah. I didn't know what it meant until somebody explained it to me. I have all well, sisters. We're girls. So why I... would we know that? I'm like, why? I don't understand the tube sock thing. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that light goes bing on and then immediately dims and turns into a reverse. <laughs> turns into a skull. <laughs> now, if they had a masturbation pod in the high schools, holy Dear God. crap. Mm. Everybody would be wanting a study hall <laughs> at noon. Yeah, like... On a closed campus. <laughs> like, in, like in the Puritans Which- of this state won't even allow certain books in the library because they are considered too filthy. Well, I didn't think that we were actually going to petition the high schools to put a <laughs> masturbation pod in there. Hey, I mean, there would it's be so, so wrong in so many ways. But there would be so much <laughs> less posturing and bullshit if they could just get it out. They won't even hand out condoms in high school. I know. Believe me. They wouldn't need to if they had those pods and like a really sexy teacher teaching the lessons. Yeah. She'd be like, turn to page 42 so we can learn your algebraic functions. X plus X <laughs> equals. Oh, why? Oh. And- <laughs> would go up if they handed out credits for the masturbation pod for good grades. Oh, now Pat. oh, Pat's figured it out. Now you're thinking, girl. We could even maybe get a grant for that. Yeah. <laughs> Who's good at grant writing? Let's get this done. Come on. Or they could do the virtual learning in a masturbation pod because what else will hold a guy's attention? Have a sexy teacher doing the lesson in the virtual pod and in the virtual reality. And if they do their work in time, in the masturbation they get extra pod. minutes in the pod. Or it could be like the Billy Madison movie. And if he gets a question right, he sees a boob. Hey! (laughs) I'm very pleased with your progress. Let me just take this off and get a little more comfortable. Let me show you how happy I am (laughs) with that answer. (laughs) Strip algebra. There you go. Right? There you go. Some of us might have actually learned it if we could if we could see a little skin. I think flashcards. That would go for a whole new a whole new meaning to like word problems or what are they? Story problems. (laughs) 
Jack has three whores and only five dollars. <laughs> I would have taken Magic Mike in mathematics. I'm just telling you right now. That's one way to get girls to like math. Jill <laughs> and Jill has twenty dollars and no whores. She has volunteers instead. You have Jill's a fifty dollar bill, but you need to Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Jill's twenty dollars used to belong to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.